Welcome to the Olive Tree Podcast channel. Whether you're listening from our beloved Durban, South Africa, or from further away, we trust that you would feel welcome and included in what God is doing in our community, and that you feel inspired by today's message. Good morning, church. Uh, it's so good to be with you guys. Uh, it sucks that we've regressed back to like the deepest of the camera filming stuff, but I look forward to seeing you guys uh, this afternoon at the Cube. I uh, hope you guys have booked your spots. For now, you're going to have to bear with me from your couches uh, in the comfort of your own homes. That doesn't suck too much. But anyways, we're in, uh, I think it's week two of the But God series. And so last week, Ross opened us up with being in the fire and that there was another in the fire, Jesus uh, is with us. This week, I'm going to carry that story forward again, working from the book of Daniel. But before I do that, I want to tell you a little story from my childhood. So Port Edward, where I grew up, was quite a, a safe little town. And so we all would walk across. We lived like on the far side of town. We'd all walk across uh, to get back home, and we'd walk to school in the mornings and all this stuff. And so a group of friends uh, and myself would find the route with the most dogs on it, obviously behind fences. And we'd tease them. And I backed myself pace-wise, so generally I could get away really fast. And we'd tease these dogs and tease these dogs. There was Rottweilers would chase us, all the rest of the stuff. And we'd uh, book out. It was a real fun game. But one day I was walking by myself. I wasn't walking from school. I think I was walking to school. It could have just been another day as well. I might have just been walking. But I just remember walking. And there was this dog called Tiger. And now no one had ever seen this dog like Clearly, you could just hear it go crazy in the backyard of one of my friend's yards. And so as I walked past this friend's yard, I wasn't teasing the dogs on this day. I was just minding my own business. And I heard a little rustling in the bush. And I sort of looked, and nothing came out, and I carried on walking. Then I heard a little bit more rustling, and I looked again. And here came this infamous dog that no one had ever seen. And his name was Tiger, and he looked like a tiger. This dog was those dogs from the poster that say Basop. That dog with the stripes like a tiger, and he came flying out from around the corner. I took off, and now Port Edward's got all these like fenced houses. Some of them I could probably make it over, but not at that age. I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. And I take off, and this street has got no trees, no fences I could climb on, and I couldn't. Like, I scream for help, everything, and I'm running for my life. And, and in this situation, my pace couldn't save me. Tiger was slowly closing the gap on me, and there was a tree with like a, 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 a trunk wider than my arms could reach at that, probably still wider than I can, and no real like roots to climb up, but with my last ditch hope, I ran towards the street, and it also had like these little thorns on it, and I just remember leaping, and bang! And then when I opened my eyes again, I was on the floor, and Tiger was coming in hot, and I just closed my eyes and sort of braced myself. I, I, I even forgot the magic word that we all use to get dogs away here in South Africa. But I forgot to say it, I just locked up like this and I just waited for my demise. But it didn't happen. I feel like 30 seconds went by, which felt like an eternity. And then I sort of opened my eyes and looked back and this dog was minding its own business again. I tell the story because we're going to be speaking from Daniel 6 today about Daniel being in the pit with lions. And so just before I get into it, we're going to watch an insert. Now we're going to watch a video a testament video, and then I'm going to pick up again. So my story starts in August 2019, when my husband and I were blessed with the most beautiful, healthy baby boy, Cameron, who's now 18 months old and very busy and happy. 
Um, and pretty shortly after he was born, I began to really struggle with anxiety. I thought like a lot of new moms, I really started to struggle with just not being able to find any peace and constantly worrying about if he was safe, if he had eaten enough, but to the point of just kind of real terror, I would say. And, and the anxiety really started to build with the additional pressures in my life. And I really started to find it very difficult to find the joy in life and was pushing hard at work, um, trying to do, be perfect at home and, and just not really being able to, to enjoy any of it. And then COVID came and like for many of us that just added more pressure and more fear. And I just felt this start to become something that was unmanageable, irrational. The thoughts in my mind often felt crazy. I was checking things around the home um, and feeling just a pace of, of complete um, depression and anxiety. I began to stop sleeping. So my sleep went really haywire and I would wake up at two or 3 a.m. and that would be me for the day. I'd be awake for the whole day, go and work a really long day, um, come look after Cam and just again, <laughs> felt completely unhappy and completely depressed and, and terror is, is something that I would say would be, would be ruling my life. Um, at some point I said to, to Matt, my husband, I said, I think I need to um, stop breastfeeding so that I can go on to a stronger anxiety medication than what I can take while I am breastfeeding. Things really began to spin out. I felt unable to function, unable to focus at work, unable to sleep, completely anxious, really was struggling to, to live my life normally at all. So one night, it was a Sunday night, um, we said, okay, why don't I go and stay at my sister's house for an evening? Cam still wakes up in the night, so maybe that'll help me to get a, a full night's sleep. And a full night's sleep might just right me, it might just sort things out. Went home to Matt and Cam, they were out walking. And when they got back, I was sitting on our stairs and I was just in tears. And I said, I can't carry on. I don't know what, what to do. I can't function anymore and just lay on my bed. I, I couldn't move. I found it difficult to make a small decision like grabbing a glass of water because I was thirsty felt like a big decision to make. And um, that day we, we got in touch with the therapist I'd spoken to before. She gave us a really wise counsel that I needed to take some weeks off work. So Matt and I moved in with my family. In fact, my, my parents had to get up at night um, to give Cam his bottle so that Matt and I could stay together in an outside room. He could be with me and I could try and get some rest, which I couldn't. There was so much shame for me around that, that I couldn't get myself right enough to look after my own baby in the night. I remember um, while I was off work, I thought, okay, let me today try and do something practical. And I went to buy Cam's shoes at Pick and Pay. I got home and I was completely exhausted to lie on the bed, couldn't move. Felt like a completely overwhelming task to do. And I cried to my dad, I remember, I'm gonna lose everything. I'm gonna lose my son, my husband and my job and I'm gonna have nothing. And I remember having this clear vision, definitely not from God, of myself in a cardboard box with a slit cut in the corner. And through the slit, I could see my son living a happy and fulfilled life. He was fine and taken care of, but I couldn't contribute to that and I couldn't enjoy his life. And one day I was here at the church actually working in Milk and Honey Cafe and one of the pastors at Olive Tree walked past me in those 10 minutes said, who knew what I've been going through and said, hey, how are you doing? And I said, I'm actually really struggling. Like, I'm not enjoying life very much. And he recommended I go for prayer with someone called Estelle, who many of you will know and has an amazing prayer ministry. Um, so I went and, and had prayer with Estelle, who was wonderful and warm, but she was very authoritative in her approach um, in praying for me. And she told kind of spirits of control to get out, to stop believing the lies of the devil, the shame, the lies about things that could happen to my son. There was no kind of big 
wow poof moment but um, I did feel a peace in that experience and it felt like a very safe experience and every morning since then I have woken up at a completely normal time there has not been one morning where I've woken up in the early hours plagued by fear and unable to go back to sleep since then God has slowly been building a peace in me um, a resilience and ability and in October I set a goal to run a 21k which is unbelievable testament of God's healing in my body and in my mind and the months since, yeah, since August have just been going from strength to strength. I definitely still have struggles. I have fears about what will happen if we try to have another baby. Um, I have a lot of accusation in my mind when I have a moment of anxiety about not being healed. But I know with all certainty sitting here that God healed me and rescued me out of the pit and has brought me to a place of healing where I can enjoy my son every day, enjoy my marriage, do my work and have hope for a future. But I really just felt particularly for new moms that if you're in a place of depression and anxiety, get the help you need, talk to a counselor, talk to your doctor, but do not neglect going for prayer because that can have a powerful effect on fear, which is not of God. And as a new mom, you do not have to live in that place. And I, and I want to thank God for the healing that he's given me and the powerful work that he's done in my life and I know that he will continue to do as I keep addressing some of the things that I struggle with. Man, what a powerful testimony. And I relate this so much to the story we're about to speak about right now. I relate it to the story I just told you about the dog. And the, the way I relate it is that at some point, uh, Andy was in a very hopeless situation. And she could not possibly see her way out in the same way when I was running away from that dog and I couldn't see a fence, I couldn't see a tree, I couldn't see a friend. And then I hit, a, I hit the tree, I hit the last ditch attempt or the last piece of hope that I had and it didn't work out. And something by some miracle stepped in and in, in, in Andy's story, that's Estelle, Estelle steps in. And so we're going to go into Daniel 6 and see how this relates. And so I'm not going to read straight away, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase the front end. So what happens here is that Daniel now, after going through it with his friends and going through some other stuff up to the uh, verse six, because they're a captured nation now, he gets promoted. He gets promoted to the place. He's done so well that uh, the king, I think his name is Darius, that King Darius is just like, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna make you governor of a whole group of people. And so as he makes him governor, uh, people start to get jealous. People start to conspire against him, but they can't find fault with him. They can't catch him doing anything wrong. They don't like him but they can't find fault in him. And so every single day, Daniel's just waking up and he's doing his job and he's praying three times to, to God, three times a day he's praying. And these people go, unless we find something to do with his religion, which he will not betray, we won't be able to get this guy. And so they, they conspire against him. They go to the king and they say, king, make a decree that for the next 30 days, whoever doesn't worship you, whoever praises any other God except for you in these three days, I mean, in these 30 days, uh, is exiled into the pit with the lions. Write that into your constitution. It's, it's their decree, it's his law, and the constitution, as you know, can't be easily changed. The king himself can't go back on it. And so the, the king reluctantly makes this law. I don't think at that stage he realized that it was against Daniel. And so these guys watch Daniel slowly and the, uh, they stalk him, they, they see him do this repeatedly, they catch him in the act, and then they go back to the king, they say, king, did you not say, <laughs> did you not say that if someone broke your decree in the next 30 days and praised any king or God except for you, that they would be thrown into the, into the, into the den with the lions. And Darius, reluctant because he really liked Daniel, goes, yes, I did say that. 
Yes, I did put into my decree, I can't betray uh, the, the highest law of the, of the land, the, the, the constitution of this, I can't betray it, so he has to go into the land. So reluctantly, he makes, he makes that judgment. He says, cast them into the den with the lions. And just before they cast them in, he says, he says, may your God, who you continually serve, rescue you from the mouths of the lions. And I, I can relate with that, but I, wanted, I don't want to talk about the pit. Like Ross was speaking about the fire, not to take away from the fire, but I don't want to talk about the pit. I'm not going to tell you a story about having peace in the pit. I've spoken about peace before. I'm not going to tell you what to do in it. The thing I want to pull our attention to, the thing I want to draw our attention to is that you're in a pit. And the pit is not an empty pit because when you're in an empty pit, you've got a chance. You've got some kind of hope. I will serve my time and then I'll get out. You're in a pit with lions, so I want to focus on the lions for a little bit. You're in a pit with an enemy you cannot fight. You're in a pit with an enemy you cannot resist by your own strength. You're in a hopeless situation. I don't know what, like the guys who got arrested in the New Testament, they could praise in their pit because there weren't any lions. I'm sure that from the, maybe, maybe Daniel had peace, who knows? We know that he trusted God, but when they cast him in there, we don't find out anything, that else, anything else that happens there. We just know that he was cast straight into a hopeless situation. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in hopeless situations. I've been in places where I've been pitted against an enemy who I thought was gonna kill me, who I thought was gonna take me out. I've seen people around me put in those situations, especially over the past two years now, where they've done everything in their power to survive, but they've been cast against an enemy they cannot defeat. That is a hopeless situation. You're in a pit with lions and there is nothing you can do. And so there's nothing I can tell you. I can't say pray harder. I can't say believe more. I just wanna look at what Daniel did. And just before I do that, I just wanna ask some questions. What do you do? When you find yourself in that place where you're a parent who's made your last loan and called the last friend or parent that you could call when you've exhausted your savings and all this, paying for the last bit of school fees you can afford, when you've uh, exhausted your UIF or, it is UIF, the unemployment, when you've exhausted your UIF and you've got nothing left and you don't know what to do, when you've taken your last day of leave to look after your kids who can't go back to school, no more hope. When you've tried to pay your employees honestly for the longest time, and you know the things they're going through back home and you know the people they have to look after and you've reached the end of yourself. What happens when there's an enemy that comes against you that you cannot fight anymore? What happens when you've resisted or you've used up the resources of all of your knowledge and expertise to solve a problem and you can't see a way out? What do you do then? Let's read on. Because as the story continues, the king is anxious, he can't go to sleep. He, he's restless at night, can't go to sleep. And so at the break of dawn, he wakes up and he goes back to the den and he calls out to Daniel. He says, Daniel, has your God who you continually serve rescued you from the mouth of the lions? And he says, may the king live forever. And this is Daniel 6 verse 22. He says, God sent his angels to shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was innocent in his sight. God sent his angels. I believe that on that miraculous day as an 11 year old when I hit that tree and this dog was gonna devour me. By some miracle, God stepped in and sent his aid because I don't know what changed that dog's mind. I know he was coming in hot and hot. I've got a tiger on my chest, by the way, with his mouth open. That, that dog was coming in hot like this and he was gonna finish me. I believe that Andy was in trouble and God sent her an angel, Estelle, who stepped in the way 
and interceded on her behalf. I believe God is in the business of sending angels. Countless times in the Bible, from the beginning, God has been sending angel after angels for different situations. He sends an angel to Elijah after he's run away from Jezebel and then he sends an angel to Gideon and calls him a mighty warrior. He sends an angel to Mary. He sends an angel to Jesus after he's gone through his 40 days. He sends an angel to Jesus in the garden. He sent us an angel, he sent us Jesus. And this is what, that's what I wanted you to catch because we land right in a gospel moment and you might miss it. It says, because I was innocent in his sight. And maybe you blame yourself. There's a point in Andy's story where she started to blame herself. Maybe I got myself into this situation. Maybe if I hadn't, or if only I had, maybe this is my fault. Maybe I got myself into this pit. Maybe you're not innocent like Daniel. And right now, you don't think the story applies to you. God will send angels to shut the mouth of the lion that comes against you. You are innocent, and you are innocent because God sent the angel, Jesus, to die on your behalf. It says, for he became sin, or for he who knew no sin became sin so that you may be the righteousness of God, you are innocent. And now because you are innocent, you can trust fully when you've been cast against an enemy that you cannot fight, that when you put your trust in God, he will send angels to shut the mouths of the lions. The God you serve will shut the mouths of the lions. And now now here's how the story goes from here on out is that the king says, let, bring, him out of the, bring him out of the pit, bring him out of the den. And they pull him out and he says, he was found to have no wounds on his body or no harm on his body because he trusted in God. And so when you find yourself in a similar situation, when you find yourself at the end of yourself and you've exhausted every last resource that you could possibly think to ask or beg for, when you've come to a place of such isolation that you feel like this lion that's come against you is gonna kill you. These lions, rather. When you feel like the thing that's coming against you is is about to rob you of your whole life, it will take your marriage, it'll take your kids, it'll take the people you love, whatever you feel like it's gonna take away from you. Even if it feels like it's gonna take your life itself, I need you to know that one, you are innocent in his sight. Two, he will send angels to shut the mouths of the lions that come against you, whether you feel like it is your fault or your doing or not. That's the two things. And so here's how the story ends because you trust in God. Here's how this story ends. It says in Daniel 6 verse 26, the king pulls him out of the hole and then he first issues a decree. says, now everyone who conspired against him gets thrown back in there, but that's not the highlight. He issues this decree. He says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and revere the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His domain will never end. He rescues and he saves. He rescues and he saves. I want you to hear that loud and clear. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. And just to add my own, he will rescue you from the power of the lions that come against you. God will send an angel to war on your behalf. And so maybe it doesn't feel like it right now, but I'm begging you to trust in God and hold on to hope. In a situation that seems extremely hopeless, I'm begging you with all my heart, don't lose hope because when you lose hope, you lose life. And I can guarantee you that there will come a day when you'll be standing on the other side of that thing, where you'll look back on it like this king and say, oh, praise be to God, he must be feared and revered because he does wonders and miracles. He rescues and he saves. He rescued and he saved back then. He's been rescuing and he's been saving me in my life and I believe he can do the same for you. 
hold on to hope and trust in God, he will send an angel to shut the mouths of the lions that come against you. It's a very short and sweet message, so I'm, uh, thank you for hearing me out. I'm gonna pray, and then I hopefully will see you in the afternoon at uh, the cube. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your faithfulness towards us. Thank you that in every situation, you're with us and you see us, God. And thank you that when we reach the end of ourselves, we can put our faith in you, we can put our trust in you, that you will step in, that you will intercede, God. Thank you that whether it's our fault or not, God, it's not our battle anymore. Thank you that when something too strong for us, too mighty for us comes against us, you will send angels to shut the mouths of those lions, God. And so right now, I just pray that in every situation that our people might be facing, God, in bondage or in debt, in fear, in guilt or in shame, in accusation, in anxiety, that God, the thing that threatens to rob them of their lives, I pray right now that you will lose angels on, on that situation, God, to war on their behalf, God. And I pray for hope. I pray that we may have opened eyes to see from your kingdom perspective, God, and, and be aware of these angels at every, at, at every corner, God. We pray for peace again, God. It's not easy to be in tough situations and have faith, and so I just pray right now for your peace that surpasses all understanding to God our hearts. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen, guys, uh, thank you so much. I will see you guys all this evening at the Cube. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to find out more information about Olive Tree Church, please visit our website at otc.org.za or email info at otc.org.za. We hope you have an amazing week.